It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Glad to be here again. We were just experiencing some uh, technical problems, so I uh, apologize for that. So let's get rolling right here, right now. Uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to have uh, my man Dax Khan join us and Alex Papali. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, fight from last night. Dimitri Bivol uh, wins a unanimous decision over Jean Pascal to retain his uh, WBA light heavyweight world title. He improves to 15 and 0 with 11 knockouts. Uh, the judges scored at 117, 111, and two had it 119, 109. Um, my thoughts uh, on this fight, real quickly, was that. Um, you know, everybody was expecting Dimitri Bivol to uh, to knock out um, Jean Pascal, and quite honestly, Jean Pascal is a shell of the fighter uh, that uh, that he used to be. Um, but what impressed me, uh, well, Jean Pascal impressed me because he he lasted. You know, he, he went the uh, uh, the twelve rounds. But what impressed me about Bivol was that he showed for a guy that's as young as Dimitri is. And for a guy with uh, as few professional fights as Dimitri has, he showed um, me a, a, a lot of poise in there. Uh, he came on when he had to. He was very accurate with his punches. But um, he was also cautious because the one thing you got to give Jean Pascal credit for uh, is his awkwardness. The way he, uh, you know, kind of kind of dives in at you and his, his, his uh, punches are, are coming at you at all different angles. Um, some of them are are uh, uh, effective and and some aren't like his double batman punch that he tried to throw but um all in all i i think that bivol uh proved himself to be um in my opinion the best light heavyweight out there uh my man dax khan has been saying this uh, since this kid hit the scene so we'll get his thoughts uh a little bit later also on that card in the super bantamweight division uh muro don uh akomaldiev and I'm and I know I murdered that name. Uh, improved to five and zero with four knockouts when he stopped uh, Isaac Zarati uh, in the ninth round. Zarati drops to sixteen and three. And another heavyweight to keep an eye on: Sergi Kuzman. Uh, improved to fourteen and zero with eleven knockouts when he took care of uh, Laron Mitchell, uh, who drops to sixteen and two. Laron Mitchell was uh, uh, a, uh, a, a, a up and coming fighter until he suffered his first loss. Uh, now he looks. Uh, uh, like he might be a gatekeeper. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see uh, on uh, Laron. And also one other uh, fight of note I wanted to mention, uh, Denis Ledebev improved to 32-2 and two, uh, with uh, 23 knockouts uh, when he took care of uh, 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 Mike Wilson, uh, who drops uh, his first fight of his career. He drops a 19-1, and 117-111, and 119-109 uh, with the way the uh, judges uh, scored that one. Um one other announcement I want to make before we jump into this uh, uh, breakdown is uh, the Errol Spence Jr. against Mikey Garcia. Um, this fight was announced a couple of weeks ago, and I, I just wanna, I just wanna say this. You know, I, I love this fight. I, I've I've been reading uh, a lot of uh, negativity concerning this fight. Um, you know, uh, saying that Mikey Garcia uh, should have uh, uh, possibly. Uh, went uh, a different route 
um, maybe like Lomachenko type of a thing, um, which would have been a great fight. But you know what? I, I give him a lot of credit uh, for taking this fight. And, and to be honest with you, uh, you know, not many fighters today do this type of thing. Will they'll really challenge themselves. And I tell you, should Mikey Garcia come out victorious, I don't think that anybody can doubt this guy or uh, give him his rightful place uh, in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Mikey Garcia seems like a fighter who's kind of forgotten. Errol Spence Jr., extremely talented fighter. Other welterweights seemingly uh, are avoiding him. But the truth of the matter on Errol, Errol Spence Jr. is, who's he really fought besides Kell Brook? I mean... Uh, you know, his resume doesn't jump out at you. Um, so I think this is an intriguing fight. Spence is going to be uh, obviously way bigger than Garcia. But Mikey Garcia, the one thing that I've always liked about this kid is that, you know, if you throw three punches at him, he's going to turn around and throw six back at you. Um, he is very capable and proficient at winning rounds. And at the end of the day, uh, that's the most important thing in the sport of boxing. So we'll we'll touch on all of this stuff uh, quickly before uh, I get uh, um, my man Dax on. Uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, talk a little about the upcoming fight between uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Tyson Fury was, uh, he's only 30 years old, by the way. You know, he seemingly has been around for a while, uh, but uh, he's only 30 years old. Um he did take the uh, three-year, almost three-year layoff after beating uh, Vladimir Klitschko, uh, went through some uh, mental issues as well as uh, some abuse issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he came back in June of this year uh, with a fourth-round knockout over uh, Zephyr Sarifi, uh, w which was kind of a joke of a fight. Um uh, you know, kissing the guy and everything else. Um, but, you know, I, I, when that fight happened, I said, okay, you know, Tyson Fury's on his way back. Uh, he's going to, uh, you know, climb the rankings again. Uh, and then uh, immediately he gets uh, uh, raised highly in, in the rankings, uh, computer rankings specifically, uh, becomes a top 10 fighter. And then uh, in August of this year, he went and beat uh, Francisco Piñata. Piata, I'm sorry, um, via a 10-round uh, uh, decision. Uh, he wanted to go the rounds. And uh, all of a sudden, I said, okay, uh, you know, he'll fight. Now he'll fight another decent heavyweight, maybe a, an actually uh, ranked heavyweight in somebody's uh, uh, division. And then, lo and behold, we get the announcement that he's taking on Deontay Wilder. Um, as far as Deontay Wilder is concerned, uh, you guys have heard my opinions on Deontay for quite some time. Um, the man has extreme punching power, um, but that's it. He hasn't demonstrated any other uh, talent in the ring as far as I'm concerned. He has no footwork. Uh, he, he displayed a jab, really effective jab, I should say, one time in his career. That was his first fight um, uh, when he won the title. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, against Bermain Stavern. But since then, he's been a, uh, a headhunter uh, in his fights with Ator Spitzka uh, and even Chris Ariola, for, for that matter, and uh, Johan Duapaz, Eric Molina. All those fights, he went out looking to knock him out, knock his opponents out. And he was losing uh, those fights until he knocked out his opponent. Now, he's been able to rely on his punching power throughout his career.
His best fight of his career, actually, in my opinion, was his last fight against Luis Ortiz uh, in an, an extremely entertaining fight. And I thought that Deontay Wilder had arrived. Uh, this was a guy that, um, you know, stood in there with uh, really his first big test, even though uh, Luis Ortiz uh, isn't a power puncher, but he's a very slick, athletic fighter. And uh, Deontay displayed uh, a chin in that fight, uh, being extremely hurt, uh, but came back and won. I started to give Deontay Wilder a lot of credit. Then when the... Um, you know, fight that we all wanted to see, Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua broke down, depending upon which side of the fence you're on. Uh, some people feel that it was Deontay Wilder uh, who uh, uh, made that fight not happen. Some people think Anthony Joshua made that fight not happen. Um, at the end of the day, I think that um, the, uh, the, uh, the reason why the fight didn't happen is because of Deontay Wilder. He was uh, being foolish with his financial demands. Uh, lo and behold, they cut a deal with uh, Tyson Fury. And, you know, should Deontay Wilder win this fight, it's going to put him in a very good position, bargaining-wise, to have a showdown with Anthony Joshua. Now we look at this fight and we say to ourselves, well, um, how is this fight going to fare? When I look at Tyson Fury, I see a fighter that really, when you look at his own resume, um, you know, his biggest win was against Vladimir Klitschko. When you look through uh, the rest of the 26 fights under his belt, you know, who jumps out at you? You know, Derek Chisora is just a barroom brawler, just like Joey Abel. Um, Kevin Johnson uh, was a good test for Tyson Fury, but again, Martin Rogan, Nevin Pikic, uh, Vinny Madalone, all uh, barroom brawlers that Tyson Fury uh, was able to uh, come out on top. Uh, I give Deontay Wilder credit for being better than all those guys, to be honest with you. Um, the only fighter that, you, you know, you look at Tyson Fury and a lot was said and, and really, in my opinion, a lot was shown to us when he fought Kevin Johnson. I'm sorry, when he fought Steve USS Cunningham. Cunningham, uh, Cunningham uh, did not win the fight, but he rocked Tyson Fury. And he showed us that Tyson Fury likes to lean on people and do all these things, especially when he has a, a size advantage like he has most of the time. Um, that fight made me realize that Tyson Fury, if caught, if he gets caught, is going to go go to sleep. Um, unfortunately, uh, since the uh, Cunningham fight, uh, wins over Abel, Chisora, Christian Hammer, Klitschko, Sarifi, and uh, Pieta uh, all showed that uh, you know he's he's slick enough to avoid that contact. Not that the last two fighters on his resume uh, can punch anywhere as near uh, as hard as Deontay Wilder, but Deontay Wilder doesn't move uh, in the ring as well. He is going to be uh, headhunting. It's going to be interesting to see if Tyson Fury can tie him up and uh, do all those things. So uh, uh, we're going to be talking about that um, throughout the show today. Again, I apologize for people that have hung in there uh, during this live broadcast to uh, uh, wait for uh, uh, everything to come together. We're in the middle of a, uh, an ice storm here in uh, upstate New York. And I was surprised that we even got uh, uh, the ball rolling here. But listen, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Dax Khan uh, will join us. So uh, don't go anywhere. Billy C. will be right back. 
Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And speaking about being with us, joining us right now, all the way from, well, about two and a half hours south of here, is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Hey, good morning. Well, good Got some friend. sound here. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> that was, uh, I was like, oh, no, no. But before it, we get... Everything. Before we get started uh, talking about the uh, Tyson Fury and uh, Deontay Wilder fight, I wanted to get your thoughts on, and first of all, I want to compliment you because you've been high on this kid Bivol since he busted onto the scene. I mean, you, you were saying long before he even picked up a title that he was going to be uh, the light heavyweight, and he certainly looked it last night. I, I thought that I was so impressed, Dax, because... He looked like a cagey old veteran just doing what he had to do to win. He poured it on when he had to, was safe when he had to. I mean, aside from the knockout, in my opinion, he put on a complete performance. What was your thoughts of the fight? What impresses me most about uh, Bivol and has from the start is the composure. And composure and how you handle yourself inside that ring is something that it separates a very good fighter to a great fighter. Um, take Muhammad Ali, for example, his composure, the ability to stick with his game plan, whether or not he was under fire on the ropes, let's say, uh, used to his fight against George Foreman, for example, or his fight against uh, Joe Frazier when he was dropped for the first time down in Madison Square Garden, how he got up and he just continued and stuck with his game plan. And you see that with Bivol, who is a fighter, you know, well, you know, with far less experience, of course, but he never changes his game plan. He waits for that knockout to come, and he sticks with what he's going to do. He has tunnel vision. He has a high guard. He th- mixes up his combinations well, and he knows that he's a small heavyweight, a light heavyweight, you know, a fighter that knows his limitations and uses his other quality, um, his, his other natural gifts to compensate for that is what really brings him to the next level, in my opinion. And that's what we seen last night with Jean Pascal. And we also seen that in the fight with Isaac Chalemba. The down part about it is Bivol has scored some sensational knockouts. But because that happens to fans, Bill, you know, it becomes sort of unfair. They expect that to happen every time. That's what happened with Gennady Golovkin, and a lot of guys waited him out. But the problem with Dimitri Bivol is Dimitri Bivol is only 27 years old. You're not going to wait him out. And he's already talking about moving down to a weight uh, class that's comfortable for him. And I feel bad for any 168-pound fighter who has to step in a ring with this kid because that's when you really see the power. You know, I, when I heard that, um, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised because – he, I think he's dominating at 175, but I think at 168, I, I don't see a guy that could beat him. I mean, he does look small as a light heavyweight. Uh, at least he did against Pascal. You know, and Pascal, let's be real, Pascal uh, is nothing like he was uh, 10 years ago. But I, I thought I thought he put on a good display. He could have laid down uh, in that fight, and he didn't. No, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, he's fighting uh, Bivol. 
I know he's doing what we always criticize is learning on the job, so to speak. But he's learning on the job against very good guys. He's not fighting, uh, you know, nobody that you've never heard of. He's fighting whoever's available because the other champions right now either are not going to fight him or they already have something set up. We know that Adonis Stevenson next week is going to fight uh, Alexander Vodzik. So, you know, Dimitri Bivol is doing what Dimitri Bivol needs to do. And, you know, Bivol, believe it or not, he has been seen on the day of a weigh-in, you know, just hours before a weigh-in, eating a full meal. So that tells you exactly how small of light heavyweight he is. Sometimes he actually actually eat more to beef up to that to make sure he maintains that. He only gained six pounds overnight. Yeah, no, it, it shows you that, but at least by today's standards, um, he's fighting out of a weight class, even though we're always complaining that these guys dry out so much that they're fighting out of a weight class the night of the fight. So uh, it's 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 a strange. And, and that's a bonus, though, you know. And and that's another bonus. That's smart, Bill. He's 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 fighting where he's not draining his body, and so he's it, it totally eliminates a lot of things when you're that smart. And even if he fights at 168 pounds and he gains that 10 to 12 pounds overnight. You know, again, he's not fighting out of his weight class, and he's going to carry that power with him. So, Dimitri Bivol, in my opinion, he's going to end up doing, I don't say he's going to be the uh, top pound-for-pound fighter in the sport, but I think at the rate he's going, he's going to reach that goal of at least hitting the top 10 within the next couple years. Well, you know, the one thing is, is that the one thing I noticed that did not happen to him, there was no fatigue at all in that fight for Bivol. I mean, he went, you know, from the start to the end, and he, I never saw, I, I never saw him breathing hard. And I will tell you the truth, in that fight, the fourth round, from the fourth round on, I mean, he owned the fight from the first round. But the fourth round on, I saw a change. I, I said to myself, Pascal is done, and and he kind of surprised me by going the distance. But he decided, I think, in his own mind that he was going to try a late shot at at you know knocking out. Uh, Bivol, which he tried, and then he just hung on to 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 go the distance. That's what I saw. Yeah, and that and it is that was his only chance. He realized that he was he was outgunned. Um, Jean Pascal a few years ago, when his uh, skill set had you know eroded, not that he's a totally shot fighter, but a few years ago when he was still towards the top of his uh, physical peak, I believe it would have ended the same way. You know, it, Dimitri Bivol is a guy that goes out there. He's a complete fighter. He's not a puncher like Kovalev who could box, but his uh, power was his bread and butter. Dimitri Bivol is a boxer, and, you know, the power that he has that comes with it just happens to be a little bit of a bonus, you know, into his overall skill set. And that's what separates him from the other guys, in my opinion, right now. And again, the composure. He never gets rattled, and that's why he doesn't get tired. Guys get tired because they get too overexcited he knows how to compose himself almost as if um somebody who you tell him take a deep breath just you know compose yourself and that when you see him taking those punches he covers up tight almost that winky right defense the way he just closes himself in there with the high hands and keeps his sides and he just waits for his guy to let go and then he goes back to work and then what you see is he eats two or three shots that are deflected pretty much by these uh his elbows and his hands now the other guy is tired and they're walking back and Babal is calmly working them and breaking them down we've seen that with Sullivan Barrera who's a very good fighter yeah no he's uh, he's a complete package one other thing I want to ask you um I, I briefly talked about Errol Spence against Mikey Garcia it was announced a couple of weeks ago along with a bunch of other seemingly decent fights I I know you weren't high on this fight Dax you know, but I I kind of am, and and I don't know I, I don't know if it's going to be a blowout like like a lot of experts think, but I do know one thing, and I said it uh, earlier. I, 
I got to give Mikey Garcia a lot of credit. There's very few fighters out there that, you know, seem to do what Mikey Garcia does. A lot of people uh, blame him for for uh, avoiding or at least not fighting Lomachenko. But but by moving up in weight and fighting a guy like Errol Spence, who many believe is is the best welterweight out there and who many believe is going to actually move, uh, he's big enough to move up to junior middleweight, I give Garcia a lot of credit. And quite honestly, Errol Spence Jr., although he shows a lot of talent, his biggest win was against uh, Kell Brook. What's your thoughts on, on that fight? Well, of course you have to love the fact that Mikey Garcia chased Errol Spence. Uh, yeah, I know he had those few fights at 140 pounds, and he did win a title, but Mikey Garcia is literally jumping over a division from 135 to 147. And when you consider the fact how much Errol Spence blows up overnight, Mikey Garcia is going to be in there with a middleweight, and Mikey Garcia is probably going to weigh just slightly over the 147 uh, limit. Now, Mikey Garcia... He's a guy that is versatile. Whether or not he can handle the Errol Spence power, not that Mikey Garcia has ever demonstrated a bad chin, is going to be the only question, the only downfall on that. But, you know, it's a very closely, evenly matched fight in in that case, and size is going to be the only difference. But then again, you know, Manny Pacquiao blew through a lot of divisions that we thought many times the size was going to be a factor. So size doesn't always matter. It's that skill set. And we'll see, you know, Errol Spence lately, some of his out-of-the-ring antics, some of the things that he says – you know, Errol Spence's head is getting a little bit too big, and I think Errol Spence might be believing in himself a little too much, especially after that confrontation with uh, Terrence Crawford last week. You know, the the thing about Garcia is that, you know, he, he, he lets his hands go, and, and he they usually come in with a game plan. He's he's robotic at times, and, um, you know, I I don't know. They're, they're, they obviously think they have a, a formula to beat Errol Spence, um, maybe not so much uh, knocking him out, but... Um, I I don't know. I, I'm actually I'm really interested in, in a fight, Dax. I, I I know a lot of people think it's going to be a, a total mismatch, but I'm not so sure. I have a funny feeling of about Mikey Garcia, and for some reason the kid doesn't get some of the recognition he, in my opinion, that he deserves for his accomplishments. Um, you know, he has moved up and down, and he he doesn't seem to have missed a beat. And 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 as far as Errol Spence, you know, we all wanted those big fights. And, um, you know, maybe it was unfair to him, but, uh, but uh, you know, th- this is a kind of a lose-lose deal for him because should he destroy Mikey Garcia, you know, everybody's going to say, well, he was so much smaller, you know. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, it's, it's an intriguing fight. I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely intriguing. I'm looking forward to it as well. At minimum, it's nice to see a fighter you know, challenging himself, willing to step out of his comfort zone and willing to say, you know what, I may take a loss, but if I'm going to take a loss, I'm going to go out there against the guy that nobody else wants to fight or nobody else is stepping into the ring with now. And, you know, that's what makes it, you know, a special fight. And that's, you know, what separates Mikey Garcia from a lot of guys. And we speak about the power, you know, um, you know, referring back to, to uh, Bivol, Mikey Garcia has gotten a lot of guys out of there in sensational fashion especially when he won the WBC lightweight title, his first fight back in two rounds, he just blasts right through and, and takes that belt. But, you know, at 140 pounds, it seems like his power wasn't really there. Yet, it seemed it was there respectable enough to keep Broner and, um, uh, you know, to, to keep him uh, um, his output at a minimal. Uh, you know, so the power is probably not going to carry up to 147 and do any damage to Errol Spence. But I think, you know, the power along with that combination punching will be enough to keep Errol Spence from, you know, just trying to walk in overpower and out-muscle Mikey Garcia. Who's going to win? I don't know, but I agree it's going to be a very good fight. You know, you just mentioned Broner, 
And, uh, of course, uh, I know you weren't too interested in the Manny Pacquiao against Broner fight. Um, but, I, you know, I find what, what I find intriguing about this matchup is that it's happening. <laughs> that, that's the most intriguing part because, to me, um, Manny Pacquiao is in a lose-lose situation in this fight. Um, he seemingly is fighting this fight once again uh, to, to earn a shot at Floyd, a rematch at Flo versus Floyd Mayweather. Who, who cares about Floyd Mayweather? I mean, this guy is a con man, a professional con man. And, you know, to fight Broner is actually a dangerous fight for Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is nowhere near his prime. I'm not, and Broner's a tough guy. He's got a granite chin. He's got hand speed. He's a talented guy. He's a jerk, but he's a talented guy. I, I think this is a mistake for Manny Pacquiao. And quite honestly, what has Floyd done to, to, to lay out a rule uh, or, or a guideline, realistically, that's a better choice of words, a guideline for Manny to say, okay, you beat Broner, and then I'll fight you. Should Broner beat him, is, is, will Floyd fight Broner? You know, so I, I don't know, man. What's your quick thoughts on the upcoming fight between Pacquiao and uh, uh, Adrian Broner? This is just Manny Pacquiao not being able to say, it's time for me to go. He got a little bit overconfident with the Lucas Matisse win. He looked great, but again, Lucas Matisse was shot. Adrian Broner has been far from his best for quite a while. He's more or less reaching that opponent status, especially if he loses to Manny Pacquiao. As for Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, he's retired. He's a showman. If Floyd Mayweather was going to Where, you know, all of a sudden he said, well, I was blindsided. Well, you weren't blindsided. What happened was you realized that uh, this kid wasn't Conor McGregor and it wasn't going to set your rules and there might be trouble. So, you know, it's kind of that reality show. And that's why I really don't pay much attention to these guys. You know, it's, and, and it's hard to because they're just they're, they're splattered everywhere. But, you know, come fight night, then we'll pay attention to them. Until then, it's just a lot of guys talking. You're no different than a Kardashian. You know what the joke of, of Mayweather is? The guy that they were going to fight. Did you see the, the, the publicity shots before uh, before Mayweather chickened out? It, it, the, Mayweather was twice this kid's size. I mean, this wasn't even going to be. Uh, it's You know, for anybody that doesn't see how one-sided everything Mayweather does. Uh, forget it. I don't even want Let's talk about the upcoming heavyweight fight. It's going to be taking place. Um, Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury. This is an, an, an intriguing fight as well, even though I didn't think so uh, several weeks ago, Dax. But the more I think about it now, we do see Tyson Fury is extremely serious. He's in good shape, believe it or not. Um, Deontay Wilder is still talking about murdering him in the ring and doing all these things. Um, you know, the biggest, the biggest mystery I have in my mind on this fight is why? Why did Tyson Fury take this fight? I mean, we've never heard any kind of, unless you have, I haven't heard any kind of money uh, on this fight except splits of potential money, pay-per-view, revenue, etc. And although I think that the pay-per-view is going to do decent because it's a heavyweight fight, I don't think that either one of these guys are going to end up walking away with $10 million or more. I really don't, you know. So I, what's your thoughts? No, I don't think uh, either guy is going to walk away with a big payday like that. Why is um, Tyson Fury taking this fight? Because Tyson Fury, no matter what you think of him outside of the ring, his antics, um, you know, the way he presents himself, he sells himself, promotes himself, however you want to say it, he truly believes in himself as a fighter. And, you know, 
Tyson Fury, he's been on the show several times. I remember one of my interviews with him. You know, Tyson Fury, you know, he says some of the stuff that when you're listening to him, you, you know, it's almost hard to believe, you know, uh, when at the time David Price and Tyson Fury were supposed to be the big British showdown and David Price had just lost to uh, Tony Thompson by knockout. And Tyson Fury, I asked him, well, do you think this fight with you guys is going to will happen anyway? Because it is such a significant fight over in the UK. And he, he stops and he gets real serious for a second. And, you know, how Tyson Fury, you know, he, you know, he looks at you at the corner of his eye. He goes, let me tell you something. David Price was stopped by Tony Thompson. If I ever lost to a 40-year-old man, I would hide my head in the sand like an ostrich. I am chasing Klitschko. I want to be the champion of the world, and I'll chase him to the end of the earth. The only way David Price ever beats me is if I fall over him, because I didn't notice he was in the sand as I'm chasing Klitschko off the end of the earth, snatching him up to grab the titles out of his hand. And, you know, then all of a sudden he was silent, and you're sitting there saying to yourself, you know, can I take this seriously? And then Tyson Fury just burst out laughing. And two fights later, what does he do? He goes out there and he beats Vladimir Klitschko, and he was, you know, the behind guy. Uh, you know, uh, he had a couple of years off. He gets frustrated with the sport. He goes through some depression, some drug problems. He comes back 400 pounds. He doesn't really fight guys that are too, um, you know, no, nobody impressive names you heard of, but, you know, nobody that would uh, make you think, uh, you know, this guy is back. And now he's 250 pounds. He looks sensational. He has washboard abs. He's out there. He's confident. He believes in what he can do, and he's getting better. And he added Freddie Roach in there. Not that Freddie Roach is the main trainer, but Tyson Fury is a boxer. He's a mover. And with Freddie Roach in there, maybe they have some sort of idea watching from maybe the Luis Ortiz fight on how Tyson Fury can incorporate his movement. And Tyson Fury, who, despite his size, has never been really a big puncher because he doesn't sit down on his punches. Maybe they're working on that. And Deontay Wilder, if all that falls together, can be in a lot of trouble. But, the, you know, the, the short answer and the long way answer, Bill, is just Tyson Fury believes in himself. And if nobody else is going to give him a chance, he's going to take on whoever's willing until you have to fight him or you have to publicly come out and say, you know what, he's the man, I'm not. Do you think that... Um, that Tyson Fury has the same punching power or more than Luis Ortiz? He doesn't deliver his punches the same way. That was, you know, that's my personal belief, not my knowledge, but belief. That's why they brought in Freddie Roach, you know, as a way to kind of make Tyson Fury a more offensive fighter and get his punches off with a little bit more power. So this way he can, you know, kind of um, stall Deontay Wilder because we have seen Deontay Wilder stall to put against the ropes, not knocked down, but we have seen him, you know, uh, take punches and freeze up against the ropes looking for that counter shot. And how productive is that going to be against a guy a lot bigger with a longer reach than he is like Tyson Fury? So, and I believe that, you know, Freddie Roach, who is the all-offense trainer, as we know. Look what he did with Manny Pacquiao. That's kind of why they incorporated him in there. So it's going to be very, um, very, it's very intriguing, especially considering how big both men are. Now, I think um, if Deontay Wilder doesn't knock Tyson Fury out, I think Tyson Fury is going to have a pretty easy time with him. And Deontay Wilder might even find himself embarrassed past the midway point. You know, the funny thing about bringing Freddie Roach in to help with his offense is that that's not Tyson Fury. I mean, Tyson Fury is a, is a counterpuncher. He lays on you. He tires you down. He wears you out. He frustrates you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I don't think he's got the, the, the weapons at, from an offensive point of view. I've always thought for a guy his size, you get – you know, he lands a punch on you. You should be you should be knocked into the following week. You know, and it just doesn't happen. You know, you and I both watched uh, Steve USS Cunningham uh, hurt him. You know, he was in all kinds of trouble in that fight. And Deontay, 
you know, his power, his strength is his power. Uh, he doesn't have uh, movement. He doesn't do much of anything else. He's going to be coming out to knock off uh, Tyson Fury's head. I thought that the smartest approach would be the same kind of a game plan he implemented against Vladimir Klitschko. Um, you know, Deontay might throw more punches. He might let his hands go. I don't know if that's going to be an advantage or disadvantage, but um, I think uh, I think Tyson Fury may very well expose Deontay Wilder um, should Deontay Wilder not be able to, to catch him. But if Wilder catches him, I've always thought that Tyson Fury does not have a, a solid chin. Uh, you know, um, recently Anthony Joshua said that he hopes and needs Deontay Wilder to beat Tyson Fury. What's your thoughts on that? Well, the, Anthony Joshua has lost all credibility with me. Not that I don't like him. Not that I don't think, um, you know, he's, he's a you know, great fighter. Of course, we know he has the majority of the belts. But Anthony Joshua, you had your opportunity. I don't want to hear, well, Deontay Wilder didn't accept. Deontay Wilder was told if he fought, you know, you were, you are the unified champion. You're the draw. You have Eddie Hearn behind you. You can fight anywhere. You could have chose to fight Deontay Wilder in the backyard. You guys could have fought at the convenience store. It didn't matter. You chose not to. You wanted to have everything your way. You complain a lot. We hear people complain a lot all the time about these fighters that insist on having things their own way. We've heard it about Andre Ward. Everybody always complaining because Andre Ward needed to stay in Oakland all the time. Complaints about Adonis Stevenson never wanted to leave Canada. Complaints about Floyd Mayweather having to have things his way in Las Vegas. Anthony Joshua is doing the same thing over in the UK. Why does the uh, Anthony Joshua want Deontay Wilder to win over Tyson Fury because if Tyson Fury wins and brings that WBC title back over to the UK, Tyson Fury, who already has a huge fan following, will end up fighting Anthony Joshua under any circumstances. Tyson Fury will tell him, I'll fight you for free. Then Anthony Joshua is going to be back boxed into a corner and he's going to have no choice but to fight Tyson Fury or fight Deontay Wilder. So he has, you know, he has no choice here on who to fight and you know, maybe he'd rather fight Deontay Wilder because Tyson Fury, more or less, if he goes over and that happens in the UK and he should lose, he'd never be able to show his head on the street again. And if um, you know, he, he should win, he would still probably never be able to show his head on the street again because everything leading up, uh, Tyson Fury would drive him so crazy that Anthony Joshua would literally consider, you know what, I need to find something else to do. And that's that mind game of Tyson Fury. You know, so Anthony Joshua wanted Deontay Wilder to win, great. But Anthony Joshua, as of right now, you're just a guy who's hoping you can avoid the big, uh, you know, you can avoid the best, in my opinion. You know, I, I think that the Tyson Fury fight with Anthony Joshua is there no matter what. If, if Even if Tyson Fury loses, there'll be a big uh, demand and a payday for both AJ and, uh, and Tyson Fury. But, 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 Bill, if Tyson Fury should beat Deontay Wilder and they go over and they fight in the UK for all those titles in my opinion that has the potential at this point in time considering the fan following that uh, Joshua has how many people have tuned into his fights especially with the Klitschko fight the fan following Fury has it, you know, they can, might, just might be the biggest heavyweight fight of all time, and not just stature. I'm talking about in terms of views, in terms of uh, purse generated. It, it, I believe that that could happen if it works out that way. I just don't know if Anthony Joshua wants it that bad. Wants what? 
that bad. I, I lost you. You, you, either, you. Either Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. Oh. I don't think Anthony Joshua wants either one of them that bad. You see, I, I, I totally disagree. Uh, but I, I think in terms of, of uh, money, I think that should Deontay Wilder win the fight, that sets up AJ and Wilder uh, if they could, you know, come together. And then a Tyson Fury fight's always there for for AJ. Should he win, or even if he loses, you know, I mean. If Deontay Wilder wins and uh, Tyson Fury loses and it sets up a fight between AJ and Wilder and Wilder beats AJ, well, you got you got Tyson Fury and AJ uh, fight all of a sudden. Both both have a loss, and then the winner of that fight gets a rematch with Deontay. I mean, I could see a lot of uh, stuff, but here's one thing uh, before we, we, we let you go. Here's one thing I thought of. What do you think of this? Should Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder. My prediction is that Deontay Wilder will sign with Eddie Hearn right after that fight. He'll get another fight, get back on track, and then he'll he'll make more money than he's ever made in his next two fights uh, under Eddie Hearn. That's what I think will happen. What's your thoughts? Absolutely. I've said it for a while, and people laugh at me, that Eddie Hearn, and I've said it on the show, and you kind of rolled your eyes at me when I said Eddie Hearn is slowly taking over the sport, and he's, you know, came over to the uh, the U.S., and all these other fighters that, you know, whether or not they're with Heyman or any other promoter are slowly signing with Eddie Hearn, because look what Eddie Hearn does for you as soon as you sign with him. Two guys signed with Eddie Hearn who had problems getting the big fights that they wanted had problems getting um the um the recognition that they deserved had problems getting that spot in the in the uh the public's eye where they should be whether it's the first second or third of that division and what happens they both win world titles hey i didn't roll my eyes at you at that i rolled them at many other things but not that dax come on come on hey and, and eddie hearn is smart he knows he slowly just kind of, and he's not stealing fighters he's going out there and showing everybody this is what i got to offer you come with me and it's global eddie hearn is doing the global thing it's boxing is a worldwide sport so what's eddie hearn doing he's bringing his company around the world he's bringing his fighters around the world you have any part of the world to be exposed on to up uh, up your level to um, the more popular you become the bigger your paychecks become and he earns like a throwback promoter and the fighters are loving it from what i can see no you're you're 100 correct and uh uh hopefully uh, and he doesn't need the networks he has his own network so you never have to worry about who's going to broadcast you yeah but you know what that network I, I don't know if they're making a profit yet but we'll at least here in the states we'll have to wait and see but uh, I look forward to talking about the post-Wilder uh, uh, Fury fight uh, next time, Dax. So uh, appreciate the time, and we'll be looking forward to next week, brother. All right, everybody, stay warm. Yeah, that's for sure. That's uh, Dax Khan. You can check out his column up on BillyCBoxing.com. Listen, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Alex Papali will give us his thoughts. So uh, don't, uh, you know, don't go nowhere We'll be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> The 
undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. You know, I hate squirrels. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I love wildlife, right? But I hate squirrels. You know, I, you set up a bird feeder so the birds can eat, right? It's called a bird feeder. But yet the squirrels like to come in and ruin the party, you know. And, uh, you know, they ruin it for everybody. And, I, you know, I am vowing to kill every freaking squirrel that I possibly can. And uh, speaking of ruining the party, I think Tyson Fury is trying to ruin the party of Deontay Wilder. Joining us to get his thoughts right now uh, is my man, uh, Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Can you hear me, Alex? You see, now Alex can't hear me, but I can hear him. So uh, we will uh, tell him that, uh, um, you know, he can't hear me. But uh, in any event. Um, you know, we'll get him uh, uh, set here in a second because, you know, he can't, you know, this is a guy that's technically uh, inclined to uh, uh, do things, but uh, apparently, uh, you know, he's uh, not that technical since he can't figure out his own stuff. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, you know, I talked uh, while Alex gets his uh, uh, stuff together, um, uh you know, the Manny Pacquiao fight um, is something that has, uh, uh, you know, uh, in my opinion, um, a stupid move for, for Manny, uh, Broner and everything else. So as soon as uh, Alex can hear me, uh, he will uh, uh, give me uh, some kind of a signal, I think. Uh, but uh, in any event, um, I think that Manny Pacquiao made... Uh, a big mistake by taking uh, that fight uh, against uh, Adrian Broner. And I think that ultimately um, it's uh, going to hurt him. Now, should he beat uh, Adrian Broner, uh, then I think that um, Floyd probably won't fight him. You know, so uh, uh, we, will, uh, we will see. But uh, I think that that was a big risk uh, for him. But uh, anyway, talking about Deontay Wilder uh, and uh, – uh, Tyson Fury, um, I, you know, uh, I think that uh, I, I'm going to take a short break. Uh, well, I guess I'm not now uh, because uh, this was not uh, uh, planned. But uh, my man Alex uh, is uh, is missing the boat here with uh, with the sound. So we'll give him one more chance. But uh, speaking of uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, I, you know, I, the way this uh, the way this fight seems to be going, uh, in my opinion, um, is is simply, uh, you know, it's going to boil down to um, uh, Deontay Wilder being able to not get frustrated. I, I think what Deontay Wilder has to do is uh, is box. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, I, I think that you know Tyson Fury is, is going to do what Tyson Fury does, and um, ultimately, uh, what happens with um, uh, Tyson Fury is that he frustrates his opponents. Uh, he, uh, um, you know, leans on them. Uh, he makes them do things they don't really want to do. 
and uh, he ultimately wins uh, a boring fight. Uh, but uh, anyway, hang, hang tight. We're going to take a short break, and let me see if I can't uh, uh, get uh, Alex uh, squared away here. So, um, and it's totally on Alex's end, for the record. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back again. You know, the, the worst part of this whole little, uh, you know, technical burp that Alex seems to have is he missed my whole squirrel bit. Joining us right now is Alex Perpally for real this time. What's up, Alex? Hey, Billy C. How are you? What the heck are you doing over there? I don't know. You know, it's weird. It seems like if I it's almost like I need to uh, set the computer to know that the Yeti is there before I even go on Skype. Because if you do it, um, I don't know, it just seems, because all I did was like tell it the same thing three or four times. Then I untold it and then told it again. It's, it doesn't make sense. But put, your, it's, it's put, put your foot down, damn it. But uh, anyway, let's talk about the big fight uh, since you're almost out of time now. But no, <laughs> since you're screwing around with your, with your setting. But um, Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury. Uh, you know, I, I've been talking about this fight. I, at first, like I was saying with Dax, at first I, th I thought that it was a joke. Um, I do believe that Deontay Wilder has freakish punching power. I do believe that Tyson Fury has a suspect chin. I also, when I look through the resumes, I see that Deontay Wilder, uh, like I've said to everyone, the guy's never fought anyone except for Luis Ortiz. But when you look at Tyson Fury... He too hasn't fought anyone really. When you when you really dissect his opponents, uh, you know he's been carefully moved. His biggest win was Vladimir Klitschko. So both these guys are moving into a fight against uh, their biggest against each other with their biggest wins coming against aging fighters. And you you have to go back to the basics. In my opinion, Deontay Wilder's a power puncher. Tyson Fury holds you, he frustrates you, and he wins on points decisions. How do you think this fight's going to go, Alex? Uh, I think that it's going to be very ugly. Um, I think it's going to be frustrating, but I think it's going to be fascinating. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it quite a bit. Um, I, the thing about it that you know Tyson Fury is probably the most inappropriately named heavyweight ever, um, only because you get no clues to his style from his name. He's not. He doesn't fight like Tyson, and he doesn't fight furiously. Um, he's a stylist, which is strange to see such a gigantic human being uh, in that role. Uh, so this is a slugger versus stylist. Um, I think that uh, it's you're right. I think that it's it's weird. It's rare to have a clash between two uh, undefeated heavyweights, uh, both who have called themselves champion. Um, where you don't, you, there's a lot of questions about both of them. Uh, and I think it's right, you're right, because neither one of them has had that really defining fight. I mean, you can't help but say 
Furies was against Klitschko, but that was three years ago. And he's been through hell and back between then, uh, since then. Uh, Wilder, his biggest defining fight was the first fight against Berman Stavern, and then certainly the one that proved, gave him all the credibility that he has now, is the win over Luis Ortiz. So yeah, it is sort of strange when you have these guys with, you know, that are both over 30, well, 30 and 33, where you don't have, um, you know, at like, like four or five fights to say, well, this is what we can expect. You're right, I don't think um, Fury has the greatest chin, but um, you, you have to hit the chin. And um, Fury's very good at frustrating a guy. And I think that stylistically, this is going to be an interesting and a difficult fight, a lot more difficult of a matchup for Wilder than uh, people think it is. I don't think he's going to blow through him. But I do think Wilder will probably catch him before the end of the fight. The question is, you know, what does he do when he gets frustrated? You know... Uh, and first of all, I, I, I right now my my thought is that Wilder is going to knock him out. Um, but there's something in this fight that uh, a lot of people, and I've said this many times on this show concerning the, the Klitschko brothers, and it's something that was obvious to me. And then when I started talking about it, people kept coming up to me, uh, you know, and saying, you know, you were right. I never thought of it that way. And what it was was that, you know, when the Klitschko brothers hit the scene in the beginning of their careers, uh, they had trouble with, with small fighters, and, and they became proficient at changing their styles. They're, if you look at video, you'll see they both started learning how to punch downward to get the maximum power and so on and so forth. And, and you know, for a whole uh basically uh, years after years they they were they were fighting smaller guys and lo and behold now all of a sudden the heavyweight division is guys the same size and they had to reinvent themselves and they had a couple of little uh, bumps in the road well Deontay Wilder has yet to fight a guy the same size as him or bigger this is going to be the first time he steps in the ring with someone who's talented i'm sure they're getting sparring partners in there that are big but this is the first time he's stepping in the ring with a talented fighter who's actually bigger than him and i think that that is more of an issue than people seem to to talk about or even think of and i think that that is one of tyson fury's in addition to his frustrating style i think that that is one of the biggest pros that he has going for him uh, moving into this fight because I don't think that you can really get the feel of fighting a bigger guy in sparring, especially if the big uh, bigger guys than Deontay Wilder are, are hard to find, especially talented ones. What's your thoughts on on that um, analogy that 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 you know Deontay Wilder has a disadvantage because he's never really fought a good bigger fighter than himself. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's going to be the big thing. I think that was the big thing that um, that Fury brought to the table that that threw Klitschko for a loop. Uh, you're not used to seeing a man that big. Uh, he doesn't hit hard, but he hits hard. You know, any, any heavyweight hits hard enough that if you don't see the shot coming uh, and you're not able to brace yourself for it, you can be in trouble. And I think that's the thing that Fury brings to the table is that not only is he longer uh, and um, taller than you expect once you see it in there uh, and his style, 
is that he he is able to hit you with enough power from those strange angles that you hesitate. That's what Klitschko did. That's how he beat Klitschko. It was a stunning upset when he defeated Klitschko. Uh, but it was dreadful to watch because so much of it was just hesitant. And um, it was like that uh, Klitschko's uh, confidence was sapped. That's the thing that's interesting here. Both these guys are just spewing with confidence. So will how long does it take Wilder to get frustrated if he has a hard time getting his power to the target, which we know he will because he fights and swings so wildly now, uh, it's going to be difficult to um, get through those long arms and that, that style of uh, Fury. I, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it because I think – I think Fury, from what I, I listened to some of, um, a friend of mine was over last night watching the HBO fights, and he has Sirius Radio, and LL Cool J has a show on there, and they both were interviewed on there. So I listened to both guys' interviews. Why, um, Fury definitely has, uh, from the game plan he's talking about, I think that will work, uh, is he's looking to make Wilder fight a long, frustrating fight. Um, that I think is going to work, but the thing, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you get hit harder than you've ever been hit. And I think that's one of the factors that's going to happen is that, uh, Wilder has never faced a guy this, this size with this kind of, um, sort of punching arsenal. And I don't think that, um, and of course, Fury has never fought anybody with the power that Wilder, so both those two things are going to be the intangibles. We don't know until the bell rings, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, I, I think Klitschko has the same power as, as Wilder. I think what makes Wilder so unique is that his physique is much smaller in terms of you know girth and, and, and mass. Yes, he's tall and lanky, but he's more built like a basketball player, in my, in my opinion. I, I think that Deontay Wilder is going to, first of all, I think that he showed us that he has a jab. Mark Breland, I think, is a really good trainer. Unfortunately, he's training Deontay Wilder. <laughs> um, Deontay Wilder showed us that he was disciplined and had a jab in the first Avern fight. But we have never seen it since. And the reason why we haven't seen it is because he hasn't needed to, he hasn't had any fear. Like you said, he's, he's overflown with confidence. He hasn't had any fear of a fighter like he did in the first Stavern fight. He was very cautious in that fight. But since then, between the, the, the voices in his ears and between the knockouts and between the self-promotion, he's actually believing that he's a, a killer. Uh, he's believing all these things. And when he gets in trouble, when he fought Luis Ortiz, he was in trouble. Not only, uh, you know, ready to go down, but he was in trouble because of things you just said. He was being frustrated. He couldn't land his punches clearly. He was being counterpunched. He was getting everything he's going to get next week uh, against uh, uh, against uh, uh, Tyson Fury. And and the thing is, is what happens in every fighter, I don't care if you're a strawweight or a heavyweight, every fighter, when they're in trouble, when push comes to shove, when the money's on the line, so to speak, they always revert back to what comes naturally to them. And if you're a brawler and all of a sudden somebody's trying to make you into a boxer, or if you're a boxer and somebody's trying to make you into a brawler, when you're in trouble, you revert back to what comes as naturally as possible. 
and with Deontay Wilder, what comes naturally to him in his mind, in his squirrel brain mind, that he is a power puncher. And he is going to revert back to that and go in for the kill. The question is, is can he land a punch on Tyson Fury? Is Tyson Fury's defense that tight? Uh, yeah, and I well, and I think also that um, uh, Wilder's um, attack is is that flawed that um, I think Fury will be able to um, will be able to block it and will be able to counter it. Um, at least that's the way, what I suspect because I do think uh, the big thing here is remember in a way this is sort of a consolation prize fight because the Joshua one uh, the Joshua fight is the one that you know is, is the one everybody wants to see this fight is the fight that maybe you know we wanted to see two and a half years ago um, so I think because of what uh, Fury has been through, even though it's uh, in terms of a personal victory uh, for him to be in this ring at all, uh, you know, after having, you know, uh, sort of dealt with drug addiction and mental illness and uh, gaining and then losing over 100 pounds. I mean, you know, in terms of personal triumphs, it's great just that he, he gets to the ring. Um, the thing is that all those things in your past, uh, it could show very quickly. Within six rounds, he might be gassed out because if he's got to uh, fend off Wilder's rushes, um, you know, that's going to show on him conditioning-wise. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think I agree with you that um, Wilder eventually stops him, um, but I do think – it's going to be very intriguing because both these guys are so confident. Neither one has lost. So sometimes when a guy's undefeated, it's hard for them to deal with losing. And because it's like not in their atmosphere, it's not in their universe. Um, so they fight in with this confidence that, uh, you know, you don't see in guys who have, uh, you know, uh, taken a few losses. So I don't know. This is going to be interesting because – uh, it's going to be undiscovered territory for both guys, but I think that's great news for fans. You know, one of the one of the uh, most solid punches that Tyson Fury delivers, similarly to AJ, is an uppercut, and that's the punch that I think is uh, uh, most. Uh, I think Deontay's most vulnerable to. Didn't and, Ortiz hurt him with an uppercut? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And and the thing is, is that Tyson Fury has a way of getting in there and holding you close so he can land the uppercut. Now, he doesn't have the power, um, uh, but I, I still don't believe that Wilder has the chin. I, you know, I, I know you were a big Ortiz fan. We, you know, I got to call two of his fights. You, you called one of them with me. Um, and, um, you know, for a big guy, he too didn't have much power. So, I, I don't know. I, I think that Wilder... His chin proved that he could handle a Tyson Fury. But the one thing that no one's done yet with Wilder, and maybe it's because they're afraid of his power, no one's really worked that body. That body is the weakness of Deontay Wilder. I don't care how many ripples are in it. I don't care how tight it is. It's it's just it's too small. I think that Tyson Fury needs to work that body. He needs to get inside. He needs to tie up. Uh, and it's so strange to be talking about a seven-foot 
tall guy and saying he's got to get inside and fight. You know, but he does against, um, you know, Deontay Wilder. I, I think Wilder will get frustrated. And I think that Wilder swinging for the fences and missing or hitting an arm or something like that is going to tire him out more. I, I don't think, and you make a great point about the mileage, so to speak, on Tyson Fury going through uh, whatever he went through in the last several years. But I think on fight night, I think the guy who's in better position to stay fresher longer uh, will be Tyson Fury, even though I've never really seen Deontay Wilder tired, to be honest with you. Um, he's in incredible shape all the time, but he's never had a 250-pounder leaning on him and holding him and, and tucking his arms under his and stuff like that. I, I think it's going to... It's going to affect Wilder. Wilder might start getting lippy. Uh, Tyson Fury might kiss him a couple of times. I, I don't know, uh, but I do think that, it, it, like you, I think it's going to be a boring fight, but I think it's going to be an interesting fight. Um, if Tyson Fury can make it to the final bell, he's going to win the fight. Uh, that's what I think, but I don't think that that's going to happen. I, I have a feeling Deontay Wilder is going to knock him out. I, I'm rooting for Tyson Fury. But I have a feeling Deontay Wilder will knock him out, and then we're going to have a major problem on our hands because Deontay Wilder is actually going to believe that he's the best heavyweight on the planet. And, I, and I'm and i sorry, AJ, Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight out there. I, I'm pretty sure Deontay Wilder believes it already. <laughs> but you're right. I think that um, I think a lot more people will believe it along with him. Uh, but yeah, it's stunning to me the way he um, the way he uh, talks about himself. Uh, well, I guess it should. Uh, it's not stunning. I mean, that's what fighters should do is you know talk about themselves being um, you know unbeatable, whatever. Uh, but uh, he um, he has no problem with confidence. That's for sure. If he uh, if he stops Tyson Fury. Uh, in 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 a similar fashion to the what he did with Ortiz, I'd be impressed. Uh, it's not. Um, I mean, it would definitely go more to flesh out his resume in terms of being the best heavyweight on earth. But no, in terms of uh, we're not going to know that until Wilder and Joshua clash. Uh, you're right. I, I at least that's my feeling. But um, this definitely should add to the bragging rights if he scores a KO here, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. Your official prediction? I'm going to go with Wilder by 11th round TKO. Wow. In, wow. A, in a fight that's frustrating, uh, but has its momos, moments and has at least uh, two Moro Ronaldo Mama Mia's. I hate that bastard. I can't stand him. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think that if, if Tyson Fury gets stopped, it's going to be earlier. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, he'll just underestimate the pop uh, that Wilder has, and, and it will take place in maybe the sixth or eighth round. If it goes beyond the eighth, I'm, I'm leaning towards a Tyson Fury. I wouldn't be surprised if Tyson Fury comes out and wins the first half of the fight. Um, you know, fairly easily. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, Alex, I appreciate it. I look forward to you next week as we talk post-Wilder uh, Fury. Uh, we'll be uh, uh, excited about that for sure, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm looking forward to it because um, I broke up with uh, Xfinity uh, Comcast there. So 
I uh, will be watching, or at least I'm looking forward to watching this fight at the movie theater. Just be uh, careful. Just be careful walking in. Rumor has it you may be staggering a bit. So, um, that's you know. that's true. <laughs> Alex, we we'll look forward to you next week. Make sure your system is working fine. Okay. Will do. Take care, really see. All right, my man. That's Alex Papali. You will catch him and myself in DaxCon next week. So listen, we appreciate it. I apologize for the. Uh, uh, technical difficulties we had in the beginning of the show. Uh, but, uh, hey, make sure uh, you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.